It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday 7. On this week's award-winning Sunday 7, there's good news in the battle with cervical cancer. We look at what AI might get up to in an election year. We check the time on the doomsday clock and Turkey heads to Spain. But first, on this day in 1896, the first speeding fine was handed out to a British motorist. Walter Arnold of East Peckham in Kent was caught doing four times the speed limit in a built-up zone and was fined one shilling. We should point out the speed limit was two miles per hour and Walter was doing eight miles per hour. This week is Cervical Cancer Prevention Week and it's important as two women die each day in the UK from cervical cancer with over 900 dying worldwide, making it the fourth most common type of cancer for women. The UK has pledged to eliminate cervical cancer by 2040 and with the help of the HPV vaccine, it's a goal that seems closer than ever. That's because cervical cancer is almost entirely caused by a virus, the human papilloma virus, which is spread through sexual contact. And there's a vaccine that's proven to be very effective against HPV, which is making a real difference in the battle with cervical cancer. In the developing world, there are ongoing studies to see how effective the vaccine can be with even a single dose. As clinical researcher and principal investigator for Kenya's HPV study, Dr. Nelly Mugo explains. This vaccine works really well, but if people cannot access vaccination, you cannot prevent disease. We've been working on evaluating whether a single dose of HPV vaccine is effective we enrolled girls into research. Now we have all this data from the observational studies that showed that the people who got one dose have stayed protected because you're only giving one dose. Countries with limited resources will be able to vaccinate more girls with the same amount of vaccines. And the vaccine is working, according to a new study in Scotland this week, where the vaccine rollout began in 2008, which shows that no cervical cancer cases have been detected in those who were fully vaccinated. Dr. Argavan Sals is a director of the the American Medical Women's Association and she breaks down what the study shows. This is a national study out of Scotland and they basically put together several different registries so that they could track anyone who was eligible for cervical cancer screening and was born in 1988 or later. Because of changes to the vaccine and dosing schedules and when people came or didn't come for their appointments, people had different numbers of doses on different timelines. And so what they did was they compared those who had what were considered the recommended series, which was either one or or two doses at ages 12 and 13, or three doses in between ages 14 and 18. And they compared those with people who didn't have the complete number of doses or people who had no doses of the vaccine whatsoever. What they found that really made all these headlines was that in those who had had either one or two doses of the vaccine in ages 12 and 13, literally zero people developed cervical cancer. Zero. The NHS is encouraging everyone eligible to get vaccinated and Dr. Sal says it's truly remarkable how effective the vaccine has been. 
In unadjusted analyses, looking at those who had completed the full doses, regardless of age, the vaccine effectiveness was calculated to be 78%. That means people who had the full doses of the vaccine were 78% less likely to develop cervical cancer than those who weren't. And again, in those who were 12 and 13, there were literally zero cases of cancer that were detected. When they adjusted for age of vaccination and socioeconomic status, they found that those who benefited the most were those who had the lowest socioeconomic status. We obviously will need to follow these folks and be able to look at the data longer term to see what happens over time. But these data are so promising and they really show the power of science and vaccines. If you'd think you've been having a tough week, spare a thought for Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. He's been battling a Tory party plot to see him sacked. He's polling at Liz Truss levels and he accidentally made a personal video for arch enemy Nigel Farage. Hi Nigel, I just wanted to take a moment to wish you a very happy new year. Now, like you, I think immigration levels are too high. It sounds like a lot and that means there's only one man we can turn to. The Smart 7's political correspondent, Oops, the Smart 7's tech guru, Will Guyatt. So, Will, what went on with Rishi and the personalised video for Nigel? This is exactly as bizarre as it sounds. And if you give mischief makers like you or I the chance to make politicians look dumb, you know we're going to rise to the challenge. So the Conservatives are currently promoting the heck out of this personalised message from the Prime Minister via Facebook. And as long as you give them all your information that allows them to spam the heck out of you in time for the election, you'll get this frankly creepy video message, which appears to be in at least part AI generated, unless the Prime Minister that had time to voice hundreds of different names. They even get a daily Farage newspaper in this video, and that sounds like hell to me. Is this the start of the AI era for politicians? Didn't Joe Biden have AI issues this week? We do now seem to be at some weird tipping point for society, where we can no longer believe what we see, hear, or read. And voters in New Hampshire in the US were victims of this phone call from a digitally manipulated President Biden telling them not to go and vote in the presidential primaries last week. And it sounded pretty realistic too. This is now being investigated as an unlawful attempt at voter suppression as it's thought that whoever was behind it was trying to stop people going out and voting for President Biden. What can we expect across the election year then? This is just the start of the japes and bad behaviour because we've got big elections in loads of countries this year. We've got the US, we've got UK and there's tons of others I can't even remember right now. But MPs in the UK and I'm clearly so concerned about the rise of these deep fakes and other tech enhanced bad behaviour. A survey reveals that 70% of UK MPs believe the spread of disinformation will be much higher during the next general election. What remains to be seen though is whether the UK political system attempts to dirty itself by unleashing wave after wave of this fake stuff themselves or whether it leaves it to shady foreign groups. And finally, tell us what's the problem with Pal World. Is that the game that people have been calling Pokemon with guns? Power World got that nickname back in 2021 when the first trailer released and now almost three years later the game has sold an incredible 8 million copies in its first week. That's even more impressive for the developer Pocket Pair when you discover the game was released in what's known as early access. Now to you and I that means in an unfinished state. 
Like Pokemon, you travel around its world collecting a stable of strange beasts, each with magical abilities. Now the similarities don't appear to end there, and many gamers have been suggesting the design straight up copy Nintendo's Pocket Monster franchise. And now Nintendo itself is taking a much closer look. Via its Pokemon company, it put out a statement saying it was looking into another company's game released in January 2024, and while not formally launching legal action, it said it would take appropriate measures to prevent intellectual property theft. I wouldn't mess with Mario. Still to come on the Sunday 7, the doomsday clock keeps on ticking and Turkey lands in space. If you're feeling gloomy about the state of the world with two active wars in the daily news headlines, heightened tensions between Russia and NATO, climate change and the after effects of a pandemic, well, you're not alone. This week saw the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists update the cheerily named Doomsday Clock. It's supposed to indicate how close to extinction the human race is and it was set at 90 seconds to midnight last year. The good news is it didn't get any closer to midnight, but it remains stuck at 90 seconds to which is a situation described by President and CEO of the organisation Rachel Bronson as profoundly unsustainable. Paul Ingram is Cambridge University's Senior Research Associate at the Centre for Existential Risk and he says that the doomsday clock is intended to alarm people and act as a wake-up call. It uh, emerged at the beginning of the Cold War to give a sense of the urgency to achieve nuclear disarmament and to climb out of the abyss that we were facing in the early 1950s and in more recent times it has taken on climate change and uh, emerging disruptive technology to give a sense of the risks that catastrophic risks that we face uh, as a planet, largely through our own deliberate uh, activities. If we maintain an addiction to competition and to conflict as a way of managing our social interactions and our interactions with the ecosystems, uh, we will perish. I think as the threats get larger and that we become more aware and we understand them better, there is hope, I think, that we do change our practices and the way we think and approach these things. The International Space Station is one of the great successes of mankind's efforts to explore space for more than 23 years. It's been orbiting the Earth every 90 minutes, giving science a platform to conduct experiments and prepare for long-range manned exploration. It keeps on making history too. Just this week, four new astronauts arrived aboard, including Turkey's first-ever astronaut, Abir Sazravici. We are happy as Turkey to step for the first time in our history and looking forward to contribute into the science and research uh, efforts over here. This is a real pleasure to award this pen to the first Turkish astronaut in history. I don't think I need to say anything more. Current space station commander Andreas Mongensen says it's great the space station still has a significant role to play. This is uh, an incredibly exciting time for human spaceflight with the third private mission which is allowing many more countries to participate in the scientific research and technology development that we do on board this orbiting laboratory. Still to come on the Sunday 7, the dangers of measles, Disney steps into the metaverse and we discover some emperor penguins. Right after this. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. The UK is facing a new infectious disease crisis, but it's not from a new disease. In fact, it's an old enemy, measles, which is making a dangerous comeback as vaccination levels have dropped. Dr. Amika Okoraka is an NHS doctor and author, and he explained to Sky News this week what is going on with measles across the UK and why the vaccine has seen a drop in uptake. So the UK HSA have declared a national incident because of the rise in cases of measles over the last coming years and the drop in vaccine uptake, especially in inner cities such as London and Birmingham around the West Midlands, which is unfortunate. I think um, we've seen that from the statistics in the last three years, the incidence of measles is going up. So I think last year it was 1,603 cases up from 700, the year before up from 360 the year before. Around 2016, 2017, it was declared that measles were eradicated because at least we had uptake of about 95% of children under the age of five we're getting both their doses of the vaccines. But I think since the pandemic, because of vaccine hesitancy, also lack of trust potentially in the NHS, people just not knowing, example, misinformation around the internet, people are getting vaccinated less and so we're seeing more cases. So there are two types of measles vaccines, MMR vaccines available. And one of them has porcelain gelatin in it. And for certain peoples of certain religious groups, obviously they don't want to take this. Yeah, or vegans, they don't want to take this vaccine for spiritual or personal reasons, unfortunately. But for these people, they can be offered the other choice of the MMR vaccine. Dame Jenny Harris, chief executive of the Health Security Council, has warned that the measles virus is likely to spread rapidly across cities and towns with low vaccine uptakes. There's already been a serious outbreak in Birmingham and Dr Chris Burt is an A&E consultant at Birmingham's Children's Hospital. He says it's been really difficult to cope with. As you can imagine, in a busy hospital like ours, we have children who are immunocompromised for various treatments and things. Also, other family members who are pregnant and things. It's, um, it's, uh, it's a challenge and to ensure that it doesn't spread. Because the other thing to say about measles is it's about 10 times more infectious than COVID. So it, it feels a bit sort of like back to COVID in the sense that we're having to kind of screen at the door to protect our immunocompromised um, population and to, and to stop the spread. So we're kind of back in, in masks and FFP3s when we're seeing these children. But I have to say over the last few years, I think quite a few of us have seen this coming in terms of that when you're taking a, a medical history, if you can imagine, you know, and the doctor asks lots of questions, a routine question we ask all families is, your child being immunised. And you hear more and more, sadly, that families decided not to do that. So that's been an issue. I think the other thing is looking at the figures for in, in the city is that over two thirds of them are, are from families in the bottom quintile, in the most deprived quintile. And so this is also, I think, a, an equity issue.
One of the best job titles in the world has to be Disney Imagineer. They're the geniuses responsible for the magic of Disney and their slogan is making the impossible possible. Lanny Smooth is one of the Imagineers. In fact, he's recently been inducted into the US National Inventors Hall of Fame. His latest invention is a hollow tile. That's hollow as in hologram, but not just a tile with a space inside it. It's intended to have a wide range of applications in virtual reality and movies and, well, I'll let Lenny explain. We call it the hollow tile floor, and it's a very special piece of technology. And I'm going to do a little demonstration of it. So, I can walk on this omnidirectional floor in any direction I want. It will automatically do whatever it needs to have me stay on the floor. And what's amazing about this is multiple people can be on it and all walking independently. They can walk in virtual reality and so many other things. Theatrical stages that might have these uh, embedded in them so that dancers can do amazing moves. We love a good news animal story on Sunday 7 and this week it's about emperor penguins. They're native to the Antarctic and they're a species that has been under threat as a result of climate change. They live on what's called fast ice, that sea ice that is connected to the coast. But as temperatures rise, it's become scarcer and its condition more variable. So there was good news this week as scientists were able to track four new colonies of emperor penguins partly because of the broken tracks that they leave. That might sound grim, but the one-metre-tall penguins rehydrate themselves by eating snow, and so they move in search of fresh snow all the time. And the distinctive brown trail that the colony creates is the method the scientists use to find them. Dr Peter Fretwell from the British Antarctic Survey explains. For some years now, we've been monitoring penguin colonies by satellite because we can't get to them almost any other way. Um, they live in such remote places around the coastline of the Antarctic continent on the, on the frozen sea. Uh, and we see them using satellites and we can see the brown stains that they leave behind, which are very charismatic um, and we they cover quite a large area. So, so often we're seeing the brown stains and, and then we send the higher resolution satellites to actually count the penguins afterwards. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend.